All right, well, we're going to welcome a four-time Chili Bowl Midget Nationals winner. He won it in 2010, 11, 12, and 13. And I'm telling you, folks, uh, I think he, I'm thinking that he might be the greatest driver of all time, maybe other than his daddy. Um, Kevin Swindell joins us now. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good, man. Um, you know, I, I, I said it a little bit earlier in the show that they – I saw this press release or a tw- uh, on Twitter, I think it was, and they mentioned all these race teams, right? And, and, and they didn't mention your race team. Did that did that sting a little bit? <laughs> uh, some of that stuff doesn't bother me too much. My, I think my wife was more upset about it than I was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, uh, you know, it, it, just to me, I mean, you you read off all those teams and you think about what you guys got going on, right? And um, you, you, you got to think that your team is going to be right there in the mix of it all. Um, what, what are your thoughts about last weekend at the shootout? Can I get your thoughts on that real quick? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we were okay. We just, uh, you take a 13-year-old kid to those things, and uh, you, know, you never know what you're going to get. And, and that whole deal is kind of a crapshoot when you you have passing points against, like, 400 cars. And, you know, it's almost like if you don't, started in the right spot and get the right heat race with some of those deals you just kind of uh you kind of just stuck so um still enjoy it every year and um i think every year i leave and i'm like man i'm i gotta bring like a ringer back with me to do this <laughs> next year to yeah to make it a little more fun let, let me ask you when you're dealing with a young driver and you're trying to mentor those drivers and get them up to you know a high quality of driver uh, how difficult is it when you're dealing with somebody so much younger than you? I mean, you're still a young man, right? But but when you have to deal with the the psychological part of dealing with a 13-year-old, is is that difficult? Yeah, it can be. You know, I think, you know, today's 13-year-old isn't, you know, quite the same as what it was back then. But, um, you know, I try to almost it's like you want to get excited and get hard on them but then you know i think back and i try to like you know figure out what i was when i was 13 and (laughs) kind of you know think about your thought process and man it's a long time ago so it's hard to do but um yeah it's it's tough to to break them down sometimes and i think you have to be really careful with how they react to to certain things and you know some people are they need to be yelled at and some you can't yell at them at all. So it's just kind of like figuring out that, that balance of, of how to handle those kids. How did your dad handle you when you were 13 years old? <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I never, I probably never needed to yell that. I don't think back then. Um, there was a lot of times where I felt like you got those, like, just look at you and, and, kind of almost like I'm I'm not mad I'm disappointed and that was enough for for me to to want to fix it so mm-hmm. um I was definitely one of those that I don't think if you yelled at me it didn't mean any good I just needed to be told do that and I would just go do it to fix it right right well you know that's from your upbringing right I mean that's how your dad taught you how to do things right I think that's he was your influence right I mean you kind of molded yourself a little bit after him right and that's a fair statement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, you know, the way 
he grew up versus the way I grew up versus the way, you know, a kid grows up now is, is so much astronomically different. different and, yeah. um, you know, him being kind of, you know, he, he wasn't 20 when he had me too. So he's, he's, you know, even older than what most generations of, you know, me was. So, uh, yeah. it, it kind of, I got even more of an old school approach. Hey, uh, Kevin, uh, just to kind of talk a little bit about uh, kids today, these young kids racing the shootout, how important is it for them to be working on these race cars, understanding the cars, because not all kids do work on the race cars. That's true. A lot of these kids don't work on their own stuff anymore. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a big deal to be a part of it. And, you know, I think the thing I noticed the most is just, you just need these kids to love it and and want to be a part of it and it's not so much that they have to or they need to to do certain things it's just you just want to see them like want to be a part of it and and really want to to do that and kind of you know eat sleep breathe you know race car and and not just show up and want to do it because they they look cool and right things are uh you know it's neat to say i'm a race car driver for all the wrong reasons, you mean, right? Yeah, because yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, let me let me ask you about that track last week, man. That was about as big a cushion as I saw at the shootout, maybe ever. Which, and, and we had this topic here a little bit earlier, and I want to ask you this question: Do you think that the racing would be better if they turned off the screen during the race and then just showed the replays? Or, or are you more in favor of leaving the screen up there so you can use it as a tool when you're out there on the racetrack? What, what, your preference there. Do you think the racing would be better with it turned off? Uh, it might be. You know, me as a driver never wanted it turned off because I've used it, you know, basically every lap of every time I was on the racetrack. And it was a tool for me. But, you know, obviously some of those guys just really aren't capable of, of using it, it seemed like it was funny. Like, you know, this year working with Pittman, you know, he was talking about he's never looked at the screen at Chili Bowl like ever, you know. And you talk to like me or Bell or you know Larson and stuff, and it's like I've never ran a lap without looking up there pretty much. So um, everybody's different. It it probably would help in certain situations. I don't think the shootout would be a huge help because I don't think a ton of those guys you know, use it other than the, like the, the midget guys and stuff that, you know, come in for mm-hmm. that week, but, um, it probably wouldn't hurt. Like, I, I don't think I'd be against it as just a, a guy sitting around, but, you know, I kind of try to teach whoever I'm with to like, you got to use that thing and, and use it good. And it's always funny to, to watch some of those races and be like, that guy ain't looking, you know, you can tell he's not looking cause he would have moved by now. Right, right. You know, uh, Larson said that he thought that Grant might have won that race last year if uh, if it wasn't for the monitor up there, that he thought it was a tool to keep him behind him during that race. Um, do you ever remember a time just taking a guy's line away uh, when you're leading the Chili Bowl by looking at the screen? Do, do you, Is there memories where it comes back? Do you remember doing that? Um. I don't remember ever a too big a moment. I know there was a moment one year at the shootout where um was leading like one of the bees or something and I think I moved twice to kind of take something away from somebody and I'm pretty sure they somebody came down there yelling asking to see where my radio was and it's like <laughs> just using the screen guys. But um no, I mean that year at Laid Rubber, um I was I, I 
I felt like most of the time I used it to keep tabs on on what was going on. And yep. um, I know the year late rubber, I actually looked like I was getting into one and two, you know, and you're up at the top, and I was turning my head back around and just looking down behind me. And um, I remember looking, you know, and seeing Dad like probably, you know, four, five, six car links behind me. And then looked like two laps later, and he was like right next to me. And I was like, oh, crap, something changed. I, I'm just getting down. And, you know, I don't know what's down there, but something must be better than what it is up here. And, um, you know, that probably saved me that whole race. Uh, based on what you saw at the shootout and going into this year, we all remember the uh, last year's Chili Bowl. Uh, how do you think the racetrack's going to be this year compared to last? You think we'll have that big gnarly curb like we had down there at the shootout? Yeah, I, I think. You know, during the week, and obviously, you know, it's a lot of races and a lot of everything, and, you know, it's tough to keep up with that place. But I feel like Saturday night they did a pretty decent job of, you know, going out there, getting just enough in it to where we had a racetrack after, like, five or, you know, eight laps of those features and, um, you know, it being pretty racy for, for those deals. And um, I was I was kind of worried about it leading up to that, but then they seemed to do a good job Saturday night with it, so... You know, hopefully it'll be good. A lot of those racetracks look like, you know, into the prelim night kind of racetracks where, where the midgets would be good. So um, hopefully they've got a, a good balance of, of knowing what to do with it. What about your, uh, you got a team of race car, Logan Seabee uh, driving for you this year. Sammy, uh, just when's everybody running this week? What are the nights uh, you're running? Dad will go Wednesday and then Logan will be uh, Friday night. Yeah. So, listen, let me ask you, are you having fun doing what you're doing? I mean, being a car owner and putting drivers in your cars and doing all this cool stuff, you got a lot of great talent that you've been putting behind the wheel. Are you having fun? Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy, um, you know, what I'm going to do and, um, you know, glad that we kind of got ourselves in the situation to be able to do what we do with Sprint Car and, you know, here and, um, you know, to the point where now I just, you know, try to go hire the best guy I can for a lot of these situations, but, um, definitely not as much fun as, as being in the car and, right. um, you know, definitely frustrated, you know, some of the time watching thinking like, you know, I could do, a, I could do a better job in that situation or whatever it may be. And, and just wish I could, I could keep doing it. And, you know, you look back and it's been, you know, what, seven or eight years. And you think how many of those chili bowls might have, I've managed to steal by now. I, I I just said it a little bit earlier ago. I think that you might have had six by now, to be honest with you. You were such on a roll right there at that time. I just think that there's a very good chance that you could have won a couple more by now. And um, I think uh, we'd all like to see that. But uh, anyway, long story short is it, now you're going to try to win it as a, as a car owner. Um, let me ask you about the quality of equipment that you ran back in, in 2010, 11, 12, 13. How much different is it now? And, and, and maybe, I, I hate to put a, a, a number to it, but is it is it more expensive now than it was back then when you were winning? Um, not really. I mean, the, the tires have gone up and then they went way up this year. Like everything, all the tires have been a, a disaster for you know, dirt racing in general. So that, that price has gone up, but overall nothing's really changed. I mean, that, that's actually the same, same frame I've ran since, um, you know, like 2000, 
seven or eight or something like oh, that. Wow, so, I no mean, kidding. it's that, that car's, you know, 15 years old, 16 years old or something like that now. And, yeah. um, a lot of the pieces haven't really changed. I mean, nothing's, nothing's gotten too much different. The motors have just gotten, you know, more expensive and better. Yep, you yep. know, when I was winning, we were bringing like the cheapest Esslinger you could buy. That was like $18,000 or something to buy a brand new. If it was like a short track motor, you know, and, and now you pretty much, um, you got to show up with a, you know, 40-something thousand SR11 or, a, you know, I think almost a $60,000 Toyota right. to really uh, do what you need to do, I feel like. Yeah. I, I got to throw this in here real quick before we get to the top of the hour. You know, I look at the micro racing now, and you see a lot of the sprint car technology. They're, the ladder cars are going over there. The four-bar cars, you know, there's not many pan-hard bar cars out there running up towards the front anymore. It seems like that technology from sprint car racing is moving over into the micro racing. Do you feel the same? Yeah, for sure. You know, the I think we, we went through that era where they kind of evolved that way, but guys were struggling to get, get them to go kind of the way that the, you know, the Panhard bar cars could go. And, um, you know, now it's kind of just evolving that way, especially with you, know, you bring Keith getting involved. And obviously all the California guys tend to be more on the sprint car side of things. And, you know, when we did any of this stuff, I, was, I, I didn't want to go down, you know, the, the – like a Sawyer type route where the car looks, you know, rolled to the ride and everything kind of almost drives like a modified. Two minutes. And, mm-hmm. You know, wanted to get them in something that was going to feel like a sprint car and have an attitude like a sprint car. And, you know, we work on it like a sprint car because you, you know, you presume that that's where you're going to move to. And obviously mm-hmm. the midget's the same way. So, um, you want know, that feel? I, I feel like there's probably still some kind of hybrid between the two that would be better. Yeah. And I, I think nobody's really exploiting that that kind of in-between area and um you know we've looked at a lot of stuff and i've honestly wanted to build one ground up for a while now just to to try to even make one a little bit better but uh you know just haven't got around to it so um but yeah all all that stuff's you know really bleeding over into that stuff and and those things are i mean they're more expensive almost to buy than a sprint car nowadays. i know it it. i I know it. it it's crazy the amount of money that they can spend on a micro right now uh, quickly, what did you think? Uh, we've only got about a minute. Um, can you tell me what you think about moving the the race of champions to Monday versus Tuesday? Um, I think the only thing it really changes is this doesn't uh, doesn't let Larson double dip on that night and get extra practice during his his prelim night. I feel like that's that's kind of why they did it years ago, and he was always you know good because of that little bit extra that he got track time. So yeah. Um, it's really the only thing, and, and now we got to start practice at seven in the morning. God, that's Monday. crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, now I can understand why that though. part you don't like. <laughs> no, nobody likes that, yeah. right? Nobody likes that. All right, Kevin. Uh, thanks so much Cindy. for being on the show, man. We appreciate it. Good luck to you down at the Chili Bowl this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, right, Kevin. Buddy. There it is, Kevin Swindell, four-time winner of the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals.